0: Hey everybody, welcome again to another episode of the Shop Notes podcast. This is episode number 147. It's Phil, John, and Logan for a very special day today. We're going to be talking about managing expectations, some pattern bit woes inspired by projects, and shop snacks. Today's episode is brought to you by Epilogue Laser. Quickly and easily customize your woodworking projects for added beauty and value. Learn more at Epiloglaser.com. Then uh, last episode we did was on pets in the shop. And also multiple routers was part of it. So a couple of comments here. Uh, Doug writes, I'm new to woodworking and woodsmith. Welcome, Doug. I've powered through all 146 episodes and actually learned a few things. And we offer our uh, condolences. I made a strip kayak and felt like sending it to a Viking funeral a few times. I now understand good woodworkers do make mistakes, but know how to fix and hide it. Thanks for the knowledge and confidence boost. Now comes the hard part, waiting a week between episodes.
1: Wait, was that, you said his name was Doug? Yeah. Yeah. Is this Doug that I know on Facebook? I don't know. I I'm I'm gonna say it <laughs> probably. probably I yeah. think no, I think it There's is only one Doug. Well he just finished a cedar strip canoe and be kind of bouncing questions oh. off of him and stuff. Okay. So maybe. All right. And if it is Doug, his canoe turned out. All right. It was it was it was nice.
0: Okay. Uh Eric appreciates the uh Shoptimus Prime reference that we had. Uh, And also shop Voltron, got a big laugh. First time listening, don't know your names yet. New sub today. Thanks, Eric. Uh, EG Blue Suede said, by the way, CRI stands for color rendering index. 100 is how colors would look in natural sunlight. So the higher CRI of your lighting, the more natural colors will look in your shop. Most of my shop has high lumens so I can see better, but I have a select section in my shop with really high CRI lamps, extra dollar signs, so I can evaluate (laughs) finishes.
1: And that I think is where a lot of the price on high-end lights comes from is that CRI value, right? Like lumens, I don't think really makes that big a deal or difference in price, but yeah, it's the, it's the CRI.
0: Yeah. uh alfreda 158 says i can hear it now shopsmiths transform shoptimus prime still laughing thank you uh and then here's one you responded to on uh the youtube comment logan but i think it would Mm -hmm. be kind of interesting Mm -hmm. for you to just talk about it don't know if logan has mentioned this in the past or if it's something he's comfortable with addressing but since he's doing popwood articles filming related to it can the Build etc. of your new shop be a business business expense or a write off. I have a healthy jealousy, but still happy for him on his addition, and would hope that could be the case.
1: So do I. I hope so too.
0: you asked your accountant. Have you asked your accountant?
1: Well, you laugh, but I have a I'm married to an accountant, but she doesn't do yeah. taxes. But I have a good friend that's a CFO at a, a pretty big company here in town, so I I always message like, hey. Josh, as my personal accountant, I need your opinion on this. And I said, I was like, okay, so I just dropped all this money into this building. It's used, you know, half the building's used for for work stuff. I was like, how much can I write off? He's like, well, it depends on how ballsy you're feeling. (laughs) Yeah. Just write it off. How much do you care to, Yeah. yeah, he's like, how much do you care to be audited? But yes, long story short, I can write some of it off as an expense. Technically, I think... You have to take into like material depreciation or depreciation mm-hmm. of it, okay? into it and you can write off the depreciation, I think. Um, I haven't done my taxes yet this year, so I don't know <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna try to write something off. I don't know what though.
0: There we go. Yeah,
1: so yeah, I think to be fair, I think probably I will end up writing more off on sawmilling expenses than I will the shop building expenses, but
0: but it's not you like know. you went into building it thinking, like I can make my shop X bigger because I know I'm going to, no. you just, yeah, no. you're building the yeah. shop for you. And that's right. The fact that I, yeah. you are able to use it incidentally.
1: Yes. Bingo. That's yeah, exactly.
0: All right. There you go. All right. So one of the topics that I wanted to talk about today is the idea of managing expectations and I have three scenarios in mind, one for each of us that are very timely to what we've been to how we do stuff, and I actually have a bonus one for Logan if he's if he's willing to address this again. So I'm willing to address everything. Right. So, for example, I've been requested to make a a shelf for in the kitchen to hold some of our cookbooks on to have them kind of out on display for uh, recipe and menu planning inspiration. Um, It's been a while since the first uh, request for this shelf has been put out. So periodically I get poked again about how soon it's going to get done. So I'm in the process of making it and I want to address some of that a little bit later on. So I'm going to put a pin in mine and hold on to it for one of the later topics. For today's podcast, but Logan, your two part question is how do you manage expectations for say office cabinets and set the bar really low and, uh, a certain set of hand planes that you restored.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So Going back probably two years now on the podcast, I got on a kick where I was finishing projects. Right. And it was like this, like rolling ball I had going of like finishing Mm -hmm. stuff that I had started. Okay. I made a statement that I would have my wife's office cabinets done by the beginning of like February or March. Yep. I did not say the year. That's how I set expectations. So I didn't say March 24. I didn't say March 23 or 22. I didn't say any of that. Um, No. uh, So I think it's different when it comes to personal stuff because I think my wife and our families understand that we have other stuff going on, right? They do that. They, they, They live with us. They are part of our lives. They understand that we have other things going on. And I think most people understand that, you know what? We do woodworking to some degree every day, like during our day jobs, like all day. That's not, I mean, it's not what we do all day, but like we do woodworking every day. So there are some days where the last thing you want to do when you get home is pick up a tool. Like if I've been in the shop running a router all day, I don't want to grab a router when I get home. (laughs) Um, So I think we get some form of slack on that right like i think our families Mm -hmm. generally give us some form of of slack
2: they know us and they've set their expectations low
1: yeah (laughs) i think that's probably what yeah that's what this all boils down to is the expectations are set pretty low for family um with that said i think that you get to a point where you have to, where you have enough stuff built up that you just have to start being very honest about it. Where, for example, I had a, a, a guy I, I went to high school with messaged me several weeks back, said, "Hey, you know, kind of follow what you get, what you guys do, and what you do on, you know, TV show and magazine and stuff. You know, super cool. You know, my wife and I have this set of dining room." chairs and table that we're looking to have refinished would that be something you're interested in doing and i said you know brennan if if i didn't have stuff going on i would help you out with it i was like to be honest with you i just have too much stuff going on it will be two years before i will get to it like like if it comes here it will probably sit here for two years before i get it done like to be completely honest and and i just avoided the entire thing because i I know I have too much stuff going on and I can't commit because it, it's not fair to them for me to commit to do it. Be, right. And when it will take that long. Um, this, the, the aforementioned hand planes, a um, gentleman that sent them to me. So I did an article on restoring hand planes in Popwood a couple of issues ago. Yeah. And he got a hold of me in November. I was uh, driving down to Vegas when I first talked to him. Um, Steve Wilson and steve said hey um you know really like your article super complimentary he's like i got a couple planes that were my granddad's you know i'd be interested in having you restore it if you would be willing to and i said yeah you know what steve i'll do that for you like you know a nice guy Talked to him chad you know for half, half an hour on the phone whatever super nice guy uh, so i said you know feel free to send them to me um i think i said you know i got I have some stuff going on over this you know we're starting to roll into holiday season you know Thanksgiving and all that stuff I was like you know I might be able to find some time but it is a busy time of year uh, um, so he sent them to me and unfortunately like, let me phrase this the proper way <laughs> the the planes were not like if they were in a thrift store I would have passed them over okay not not due to the state of them, just because of what they were. Like one of them was a Fulton, and one of them was a Stanley uh, Stanley number thirty five. So it was their transitional. Okay, okay. I don't I don't usually mess with them. I don't usually mess with them. I just don't care to. You. Like, nah, I don't know. They're like the intarsia of the hand plane world. <laughs> and and I just like I don't know. So they, I got them. And I, I got to a point where like, I had like, you know, I took an hour, stripped them down, threw them in parts cleaner and they sat there for a while. It then, to be fair, it did get to a point where I decided I needed to repaint one of them and it was so cold outside and I don't spray paint in my house. Um, so I wasn't going to spray paint them. You can't spray paint them when it's cold. I could have brought them into the office, but I just never thought about bringing them in there and I just don't, I would rather not. Right. So, so yes, long story longer, it took me longer than I wanted to get these hand planes done. And Steve was reaching out to me about every week, like, Hey, how are you coming on them? It's like, Well, I, I hate to keep saying it, it sound like a broken record, like, Oh, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Cause I mean, I was. Um, it just was very slow. So, managing expectations for something like that is is hard and I don't like to get to the point where I feel guilted to get something done, but that's almost the point I get to with some of the stuff where it's like, okay, I got, I just got to get it done. Like I got to carve out because we all do it Mm -hmm. where it's like, Oh, it's the, it's the old, you know, coffee break or the water cooler break. Like, it's like, all right, I've been answering emails for the last two hours. I'm going to get up, walk around for 10 minutes, you know, walk down to the mailbox, get my mail and come back. It's like, well, the 10 minutes of my mailbox, I could have sanded the hand plane tote. But I like to carve out chunks of time to do that type of Mm -hmm. stuff. And I guess that's the biggest issue is it's like finding the chunks of time to get it done. So, which is why I like stopped picking up big machinery that requires work. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So to answer your question with a non-answer... I just wait till I still start feeling really bad about it. Then I do it.
0: Right. (laughs) Well, which I think, you know, the three of us probably tend to overcommit on stuff and say yes to people for things because we want to help people out. Correct. Absolutely. it just ends up that we are time optimistic. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And that usually runs into all sorts of issues on things that are, that are happening. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I have the same thing with, uh, you know, I teach classes for the Des Moines woodworkers and yeah, Every time I go into it, I'm thinking, I'm going to get started on this way early, prep some classes, get it scheduled so people can sign up and blah, blah, blah. And then it's like well into the time when they want to start the classes where they're like, hey, have you thought about classes yet? And it's like,
1: I know. I have one of those on Saturday. I have to teach it. <laughs> That's like, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Well, and, and I think you're exactly right. It's a, it is a desire we have a very particular set of skills, right? My best Liam Neeson voice. And <laughs> we like to help people with those skills. So some people don't have them. So we like to help people out, but you're right. Mm-hmm. We are time optimistic Of course, like, oh, that's only gonna take me an hour to do. And then three and a half hours later, you're still finding the tools you need. Yeah. So,
2: Yeah, going back to you were talking about your refinishing uh, your friend's chairs or whatever and you saying it'll be two years before I get to it. And It's usually it'll be two years before I get to it if nothing else comes up, but 10 other things come up. And (laughs) so it's like I'm never going to get to it. And it's not like you said, it's not like you don't want to do it. It's just time optimistic and things come up and there's always more to do. And it's one of those things. So, yeah.
1: Well, you know, and so here's here's the other thing is generally most of this stuff doesn't tend to be time sensitive, and maybe that's maybe that's the the worst phrase to utter to one of us is like, hey, I'm in no hurry. No big for deal. This. Whenever
0: you get <laughs> yeah. to it, yeah.
1: <laughs> so because then it's like, okay, I got some time, right? Um, I do. have another. I have those. Book, remember the bookshelves I put shelves in for my friend that hurt ex-husband started. oh yeah. oh yeah the uh-huh. window yep.
2: shelves or
0: yeah
1: something. i still have to do those yeah i thought so, you got those yeah, done because they were
0: here for a while and then you did some stuff on them and then they disappeared so i, I got it. Like, pay- i didn't I,
1: I have to ins- not have to install them and trim them still i haven't done I that know. but um know. this stuff just keeps coming up now there are a couple of things or there i have had a couple of times where it's like oh this actually is an emergency and somebody needs my help with something yeah um you know, like maybe not necessarily woodworking related, but like when we had that tornado come through a couple of years ago, uh, came right by our house and it got that's there was a, a property up the way that hurt this lady and her husband's house and farm were was surrounded by like 240 some odd white pine trees and it broke them all off. And like it was an absolute nightmare. So like something like that is an emergency. Um, one of our guys that uh, does some of our color correction, Rick Belmer, he uh, he got hold of me a couple. Oh, it was early December. He's like, hey, he's like, my basement stairs are falling in. Can you help me? And I'm like, no, but yeah, that's kind of a big deal. Like you can't walk down your stairs and have them fall in. So like that's fine. Like I like I don't mind doing that. Um, and th- those are the things that you know obviously take a little precedent over anything else. Um, but yeah, if you ever ask for something from one of us, just don't tell us you are in a hurry for it for mm-hmm. a particular reason. I it could be made up, it could be fictional, it doesn't have to be yeah. real.
2: <laughs> yeah, I would say it's good that we have certain de- deadlines on like work stuff. Because it just it seems like you can always just keep working on something and keep, you know, changing stuff, fixing you know yeah. never quite get there unless you have a deadline. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you don't have a deadline, you can always just I always feel like I can just keep getting halfway closer to getting done. <laughs> so you just get closer yeah. infinitely close. But never quite but never actually get yeah. it done. You can get you know, that close, but it's never finished if there's no hard and fast you know, deadline or emergency or yeah, stuff like yeah. that.
0: Like so. say selling your house.
2: Right. That's exactly. Right. That's a hard and fast deadline. Yeah. That seems like, um, anytime I would kind of get a rush on getting house projects done was something to do with our house. where it was like, we're getting it like assessed or, or, you know, to like refinance our loan or so like something. So I got to get this stuff done or we're having some big party or if it's a graduation or selling your house, it's like, okay, now I have to get all this done (laughs) all at once. It's real. Yeah. So, but until then it's not getting done. Yeah. Usually it's the projects that, like, are kind of, like, just totally random, meaningless projects. That's what I I work hard on, (laughs) that just have no meaning to anyone else, that are just totally unnecessary. It's like,
0: I'm going to get this done.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I've been feeling that same way because I don't know why, because I'm going to have one kid starting college this year and a bunch of medical bills for both kids and whatnot. And the one thing that I cannot stop thinking about is I want to make like six or seven different built-ins in my house, like right now, plus Mm -hmm. either redo the kitchen cabinets or just all new kitchen cabinets. And it's like, I just can't stop. Yeah, daydreaming about it. I say
2: tear out the cabinets and then figure it out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just burn the (laughs) ships, burn the ships, and then.
2: Yeah, I remember. Yeah, redoing our kitchen and pulling out all the cabinets, but leaving the sink and having appliances there until like the last minute, and then pulling the sink, and then it was like had to wash dishes in the bathtub, and you know, given kid's bat like I, I think we had a baby it was just like they had their baby bathtub mm-hmm. and just it was it was nutty for a while Yeah. So
0: yeah. today's episode is brought to you by Epilogue Laser quickly and easily customize your woodworking projects for added beauty and value learn more at EpilogueLaser.com
1: so let me ask you this question do you on something like that I guess it depends on your situation but like do you do you go the, the quicker route and just reskin the doors on them like do new doors because doors and drawer fronts will give it a whole new look right but I guess if you want to change layout of stuff that's where it gets a little different
0: yeah it's kind of a little bit of both so the kitchen one which comes up for me periodically I just get kind of like a I don't know wild hair kind of a wild hair yeah is that yeah. Uh, when we bought the house, had a fridge in it, and lived with that fridge for a while, but needed to replace it. And on one side of the fridge is an outside wall. And then it goes into kitchen cabinets. But that space was designed for like an old school fridge that you know, the, like, top freezer, whatever. And we'd like to have, like, a French door one that would be kind of just a nice fridge to have in there. And it won't work because being right up against the wall, there's no space for that door to come out to the left. Um, There is, on the base... There, The next thing over is the dishwasher, but there's like a four-inch... Yeah, probably a four-inch spacer piece there that I would love to take out so that essentially the dishwasher is then right up against the fridge, and then I could get a, our decent size... You know, like our, our nice fridge is in the basement, frankly. Um, and then have that bigger... Because right now what we have is like a counter-depth... Small fridge, and with a family, it's just there's just no place to put stuff in it. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, My nice fridge is in the basement, too, but that's because it's full of beer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so there's a little rearranging there, but you know, if I'd have to figure out how I would cut the countertop, but then if you move it over, now I got to deal with an upper cabinet next to it that needs to get narrower. Uh, the cabinets right now have the like partial overlay doors, which look dumb to me. I just don't like that style. Um, I know some people do, and that's okay, but for me, I would prefer to have like inset doors and inset drawer fronts. So I would love to redo doors and drawer fronts and then paint them because right now they're kind of 80s, 90s, golden oaky, just whatever. Mm. Um, In the one corner, as you keep moving down past the sink, I have a little kind of lazy Susan corner cabinet thing that just in my opinion, those kind of corner things are a waste of space. So what I'd love to do is to, you know, the drawers to the left of that corner just extend, but then that, You know, now I'd have to figure out, do I just cut away that section of that cabinet, you know, in between? And then on the other side, cut into that so that I could just do wider drawers and a big bank of drawers then. And yes, there would be a little bit of dead space in the corner, but let's be honest, the the stuff that's back in that Mm -hmm. corner, you're never getting out anyway. So just just because you put something in it doesn't mean that you've used that space efficiently or effectively. Yeah. When
2: I redid my kitchen, I didn't put a lazy Susan or anything in the corner. It was just two cabinets. Yeah. You know, cause it's like, yeah, anything that goes back into that space, it's
0: never coming yeah. out. So just might as well not have it. Yeah. So I'd like to do that kind of thing. Mostly doors and drawer fronts. That corner would be the one that would be problematic for me as to what I would figure out how to, how to deal with that. But I don't know. In my time optimistic world that I live in, I feel like I would come up with something really elegant, mm-hmm. easy to do so that the, you know, essentially the boxes would be the same even though they're not anything special, but you know, a painted face frame on them and new doors I think would make the whole thing look look better overall. So,
1: mm-hmm. sure. To me it just sounds like you're doing a complete kitchen gut.
0: Right. Oh yeah, it would definitely. It like would it, turn it, exactly yeah. into that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. say it, yeah. it's almost like don't worry about cutting the counter, build everything, and just order counters fit fill. Yep. <laughs> and fit. Phil. Yeah. Like, don't no no edge gluing plywood in this rebuild. No, yeah. none. <laughs> just. Yeah. Don't but for all it. that to happen, <laughs> in
0: addition to all the stuff that really needs to happen this year, it's like money yeah. fall
1: from the sky. Yeah, I know. I know.
2: Yeah. yeah, that's yeah, one thing that I learned redoing a kitchen is like don't try to build too much cuz it's just going to take like you think cabinets, oh we're just building a box and you slap a door on it and then you finish it. It's not a big deal, but it's like like I said, once you get that sink out, all hell breaks loose. <laughs> so so, yeah, we just ended see, up ordering cabinets. And, yeah. and then you're, like, budging. It's like, I'm just getting new cabinets. The appliances aren't that old. I'm, You know, they're fine or whatever. And then you get all the new cabinets in there. It's like, oh, these appliances look gross now. Yeah. Have, the kitchen's already done. I mean, so, other you know, than
0: our stove, you know, our appliances are all new. So I know that a new stove would be in there. And I already have trouble with yeah. the oven control unit kind of blinking an F1 error on it. And... Hmm. Yeah. Now, see, I think – I I guess <laughs> –
1: and this is this is exactly the state the aforementioned wife's office is in. <laughs> the boxes, the the like the cabinet boxes, easy peasy lemon squeezy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like those are those are you, you do it Nancy Hiller style, and you screw those bad boys together, and they're done.
2: Yeah, yeah, pocket screws, whatever.
1: Yep. It means- it's the drawers and the faces and the mm-hmm. the the drawers, the drawer fronts, the drawer boxes. All that. That's what takes forever. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah. you do one project. It's like a dining room set of chairs, mm-hmm. right? You get the table done, and then you have nine little projects to do nine chairs.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: It's like you you get the, the drawer box done. Cool, that's one. But then you have five mini projects in a set of drawers.
2: Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Look Stop. at that cabinet I had, that bathroom cabinet I had in my old house that... <laughs> I had the box done for like 10 years or something. It just, you know, took, and then it only took me a couple months to do the drawers and doors. It was just 10 years later. So,
1: yeah. See, that's, that's actually how I manage expectations with my wife. It's like, Mm. I could be John. It took him 10 years to do his.
2: (laughs) It's like, look at him. You're lucky. (laughs) (laughs) Still on schedule. And I just ended up moving,
0: got that cabinet done and got out of there. So, Perfect. All right. Earlier today, I was shooting some video and I'm routing <laughs> pattern routing a recess for uh, like a shop made pull on some drawers. And I was using one of these little guys. So, for the people who are watching on the radio, it's a, yep. what, we, what you would call a dado clean out bit pattern bit with the bearing mm-hmm. on the shank end. And then the cutting flutes are pretty short. The one I had was about a quarter of an inch long. I needed to get down to half an inch. So I thought I'd just kind of, you know, do it in three steps just so that it wasn't taking too much. Um, Working in white pine. So felt like it should go really quick. And we were, camera started rolling, turn on the router, plunge down in. And I'm going along and I'm like. There is a lot of drag and resistance on this thing, and it just feels like it's not going anywhere. And I get down to make the second plunge, and then I kind of look up briefly, and there's this kind of gray haze that just is filling up the entire video studio. And a little bit of a burny smell. Finally got done, routed down all the way final depth, popped back out, turned off the router and kind of looked up. And I expected there to be a cloud of chips because usually when you're routing something like that, it just sprays chips. But it was more than just chips. It was, it was a smoky disaster.
1: Yeah. I, I was actually sitting at my desk pulling the dog and I reach over and bump John and I point it at the yeah. monitor and it's just smoke rolling. Out. Like it looked like the router was on fire. Yeah, yeah.
0: Which like do the, the smoke heck? detectors even work in this building? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, call the fire marshal. Jeez. And what had happened is that for my first plunge, I went down just a little too far. So there was, You can kind of see it on this bit here when I hold it up. There's a space between the bearing and the cutting flutes. This one is pretty bad. The one that I was using was a little bit better, but I went down and so I had this little web or rim of material that wasn't getting routed, but was just rubbing up against the spinning shank of the bit. And I just frictioned it away. Mm-hmm. in a manner of speak. And that was the drag. That was the extra resistance. That was the burning smell. The subsequent ones that I did went great. Lickety toot. Because I figured out that I had to take it in a little shorter step, at least to start with, and then mm-hmm. work my way down. And they cleaned out. The chips were much bigger. No smell. We had to turn on our super fan and the air cleaner and Vent it for a little while. It's better in here now. It's better. Mm-hmm.
2: So if you ever stuck on a deserted island and all you have is a palm router, a dado cleanout bit, mm-hmm. some white pine, and a template, now you can start a fire. Yes, and you'll be safe. Yep. So that's
0: that's, that's the
2: exactly
1: lesson there. I would do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would definitely not chuck a twig in that collet and use it like that. <laughs> start a fire.
0: I need a quarter inch stick. Where's that? Yeah. See, we should
2: have, we should do a video on shop survivor of how you could start a fire in the shop there you go. and then just everybody pick, figure out the best way to do it.
0: Yeah. And you can't do the easy, like oil soaked rags piled in a corner. That's no, a gimme. Yeah.
1: Yep. It has to be controlled. Right. Controlled fire. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Just give me that 20-inch disc sander and metal. Isn't that what I did that had yes. smoke rolling?
0: hmm mm-hmm. yeah, It was, wasn't we it? We had the disc yeah. sander going. Yeah, was a good one. And down in the dust shroud area was still some dust. Yep. And, and embers. And then turned into embers. hmm That was a nice one. Well done. So, anyway... There was that. Then the other one uh, topic I wanted to talk about is an inspired by project. And um, years ago on the TV show, we built this curved front wall cabinet. I'll put a link Mm -hmm. for the plans. Um, I finished, because back then is when we were doing like multiple parts for projects so that we could keep the filming rolling. And uh, I assembled bits and pieces of that and turned it into a finished cabinet. And it turned out really cool. I love it. We have it in our kitchen and it's kind of the coffee mug cabinet Mm -hmm. and the drawer we have tea in there. So that's, it's, it's perfect. So I want to build, uh, the cookbook shelf that I talked about earlier, but using some of these same details. So like the Roman OG profile on the base, the kind of frame and panel look on the side so that I would have that. And then instead of one long drawer that I would divide it up into like an open shelf on one side that I could slide on like face down, kind of a, one of our larger cookbooks and then have like a smaller drawer to the side of it. Um, yeah. Use some of the molding profiles in the way that the, the front, I don't know, face frame, Styles, I guess you could call them, kind of have an angled look with a little cove profile. Mm -hmm. In my head, it looks really cool. So it's just kind of fun to be able to think about an existing project and then what are its defining elements and then translate that into Mm -hmm. another project. Because I thought about making, you know, just almost like a duplicate or a shorter version of it but just have that as a bookcase or book cabinet. But then I thought, Mm -hmm. then it's like these two big boxes next to each other that it's one of those things where it's like, they're so close in looks that they're not right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm.
1: Yep. I do.
2: Like, how do you compliment them without you yeah know, trying to be so close that they're not quite, but
0: which I feel like we bring up almost once a year because right now Steve Johnson is working on a uh blanket chest design mm-hmm. from a motif that John Doyle cannot let go of that's right,
2: <laughs> people just keep requesting it, you know, yeah, it started I with it
0: the go. gentleman's dresser from i don't know what issue i'll put a link to that in the show notes i don't know and 218 maybe is that sound sure we did it on the tv show it was a really cool project um and yeah we had people request like is there going to be more to it and it was like no that was a dresser that was just kind of a standalone sort of thing and Mm -hmm. and then we're like well i mean i don't know maybe yeah
2: then I think yeah. Did you was, do the? I think you did I the bed, right? I can't remember what the story was. Yeah, but I was supposed to do another project.
0: Oh, and yeah, then yeah. It,
2: like, and then it was like, oh, well, I'll, I'll design a bed real quick that'll fit into this issue. So I did the bed that matched that, and then it was like, okay, well, if we have that, we'll, we need a nightstand, and then we need a dresser and a mirror and. Now the blanket chest. So now we're thinking of like what else could possibly like just keep shrinking this motif down. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Or like you said, like a little uh, mantle box or mantle clock or like a jewelry box or I don't know. So I don't know what we keep doing. I don't know where it ends. It's like chips and salsa at the Mexican restaurant. How does it stop? I don't know. (laughs) You just end up dying eventually. (laughs) <laughs> or they run out? I don't know how it works,
0: but they never run out. That's the problem. No, right? No, so it's like keep just keep going. If you're gonna keep bringing them out here. I'm gonna keep eating them. Right. Yep. Even though I have my order Sorry. already, it's like I'm gonna take a yeah. bite of my and I'm not so, hungry. Yeah. Can I just get this to go? And, yeah. I'm gonna. I gotta keep eating these chips and salsa. <laughs> I don't want them to go to waste. Exactly. Yeah, that's funny. So, anyway, I hope to get that project. Now that I kinda have the I have some preliminary sketches for it and I got some material here that I'm gonna start cutting up, I think it'll be a pretty quick project to build, but it was just fun playing around with what those what those design elements are or what those construction details are that make a a project stand out and then applying it to something else. So All right, one more item on the to-do list for today, and this was inspired by something that we were talking about just before we started recording, and that is shop snacks. We've talked about shop Mm -hmm. pets in the past Mm -hmm. and some other things. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious that woodworkers enjoy spending time in their shop, and I think there's probably not a small percentage that would almost have it fully equipped as a living space or equipped enough as a living space that you could you could lock down in there and be all right
1: the proverbial
0: doghouse right <laughs> cuz i know there's some people and i heard of one person doing it and i thought that's a little weird but kind of genius at the same time and then i i can't tell you how many other people i've talked to where they have you know, like we all have like a shop stool by the bench so you can sit down yeah, and, you yeah. know, chop out, square up mortises or chop dovetails or whatever. But in addition, there's quite a few people that have like a shop recliner or easy chair. Yes. Some kind of a cushiony, soft mm-hmm. place to sit. I don't have space I, for that in I my shop, of... but I, I can understand no. the the inclination. Mm-hmm.
1: I kind of get the the sense, and this could be completely wrong, that whoever has a shop recliner has been with their significant other, if they have one, long enough that the significant other just says, well, you just get out of here for a bit. yeah, <laughs> And it's like go away. you go out there and you're like, okay, if I go back in, they're going to kill me. I would rather not do that. I'm just going to work for a little bit, sit down, maybe take a little nappy nap, and nap. <laughs> way back up. I think visualize is what you're thinking of. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah,
0: that's true, because yeah. most of the people that I've talked to that have the shop recliner or easy chair are retired. So yep. there is definitely a mm-hmm. definitely an encouragement to be out in the shop so that everybody gets their alone time that's required.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I don't think that I, well... First of all, I think that is going to be my new drag name is Shop Snack, but <laughs> the uh, I don't I wouldn't say there's ever been a time that I've been in my shop that I'm like yeah I really need a snack down here, but I will tell you I go over to my buddy Greg's house and usually we do that like on Sunday nights or yeah Saturday Sunday nights, and you know we'll we'll be working on something and his girlfriend will make us, like, the world's largest charcuterie board and bring it out there. And it will legitimately have, like, cured meats and olives and blue cheeses and stuff sitting wow. on the cutting board on his SawStop table saw as we're at the late turning. Right. And it is fantastic. I will tell you, it is fantastic. <laughs> However, that's, there's two of us, and only one of us is probably working at a time, so the other person is just sitting there snacking.
0: Right. Okay. So... That's you know. fair. I like that because it, it brings up like there's yeah. really two, there's really two angles here that we can go. And that's my discussion topic for everybody listening today and watching. Uh, send me an email about it or put it in the comments on our YouTube section is, you know, because we've talked in the past about having like a shop coffee maker, like a mm-hmm. coffee maker out in the shop mm-hmm. or maybe a shop uh, fridge where you keep a couple of beverages of your choice out there either before or after power tool use or power tool use approved what would you have as a snack shop snack that you would keep in your shop and what are the shop snacks that you take out with you like for example i've you know if i know that i'm going to have some shop time i usually grab a couple of dove chocolates and stick them in my sweatshirt pocket when i go outside <laughs> and then kind
1: Mm, of melted dove chocolates
0: right but this if you remember my shop is not heated so there's very little melting that happens that's fair i wouldn't keep anything in my shop because it's an open garage and it would just be like Mm -hmm. i might as well just put like an eat at joe's sign for all the mice to come in but
1: yeah see i'm like along the lines of like like deer salami or something. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like some form of cured meat. Cured meat. Okay. Yep. But see yes, like you had like, like deer sticks.
0: Before we got started, you had talked about like a dried mango from Aldi which yeah. is oh, yeah. super delicious. So I could see like dried yep. fruit.
1: That'd be fine. Yep, nuts. Yeah. Um, I'm a salty snack like kind pistachios. of person. So yeah. 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 Actually I saw it. there was a good this I watched a Richard Raffin video yesterday where he talked about making these little canisters that are, you know, like a like a box, a lidded box, basically, but it's turned. But the top is actually a bowl, so it's for nuts. Oh. And you put your nuts inside, you flip the lid open, pour your nuts in in the bowl, you eat them, and then you put the lid back on. Okay. I'm like, that's perfect that's for genius. the shop. Like, you can have that on mm-hmm. your workbench, and no mice are getting in that.
0: Right. So... Yeah. See, now, since you had mentioned pistachios, where my mind went immediately was taking the pistachio shells and then resin casting them and then turning something with it. You
1: could do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are we it's saying? One of the options. These are all ideas. These None are, of them are yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah.
0: Hear me out.
1: <laughs> uh, but...
0: Okay. John, you got any preferred shop snacks or just whatever oh, at hand? I don't know. Yeah. Whatever I've never
2: met a snack I didn't like, but I think my go-to, like I can't pass up a good chocolate chip cookie. Okay. So, and that's yeah. probably why I hate raisins so much because they masquerade <laughs> as chocolate chips.
1: See, and my, my preferred cookie is an oatmeal raisin cookie all day, every day. Okay.
2: They're lies. <laughs> They're all lies. Raisins are lies. Can't trust them. (laughs) Uh,
1: Although to be fair, we are in Girl Scout cookie season.
2: Yeah. See, and that's
0: kind of what I thought too, because I had a little I had a short stack of lemonades that I took out with Mm -hmm. me just the other day. Yep. So
2: see what I think is genius about Girl Scout cookies is they package them in serving sizes. A sleeve of thin mints, <laughs> that's, a, that's serving. a serving. One that's serving. Whatever so. is yeah. the
0: wrapper container, yes, that is a serving. Yeah. Yes.
2: It, you open it up and you eat it all, and that's
0: one mm. serving. It's done. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. It's like, where did my, some meme my sister sent out where it was like, a serving size is what I eat when I'm trying to decide if I'm going to have any. Yeah. Yep. It's
2: that's a right. sampling.
0: So, all right. There it is. I mean, but
1: you got to, like, no say, you got to give it to the, you got to give it to the Girl Scouts, right? Cause yep. they sit in like the opening of like Home Depot and Fleet Farms and Menards. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like where do all, we actually were talking about this at lunch last week. Yep. Like where do you all the, you know, semi-retired or middle-aged guys go that they probably have cash on them and they're a weakness for cookies. Yep. Yeah. There
0: you go. Weakness for cookies. And they remember their own daughters being little like that. And that's right. It's all part of the market. It's, it's easy fishing then for that. I just (laughs) almost to the point that it's not fair. Like it's not sportsman. Like so. All right. If you have any shop snack suggestions or preferences, please let me know. I want to hear about them. Um, and I'm gonna put out a free plan in the show notes page and it's gonna be a surprise. Partially because I didn't pick one yet. So cheese and
1: cracker tray Phil. Cheese and
0: cracker, I think I did that one though. The other cheese... yeah. oh, okay. I did that a few Dang weeks it. ago. You would think we that sure would be perfect, snap- though. Cheese, snacky snacky cheese slicer. Cheese slicer. There we go. Yep. Okay. hmm Alright. Special thanks to Epilogue Laser for sponsoring today's show. They have some pretty cool products on being able to uh, do really fun things. So check them out, epiloglaser.com. Otherwise, we'll see you again next week, everybody, on the Shop Notes Podcast. Bye.